GM Thorchads, what's up? Foxy, I love it. What's up, guys? GM, GM, how's everyone doing? GM, best day over here, best day ever over here. How are y'all doing? Is that a, is that a thing in the shapeshift community? What does that mean exactly? Yeah, well, uh, I think it's a thing. We have like uh, some gifts. I certainly say it every day. I've been with shapeshift since 2018, so I and I'm, it's fine if anyone wants to fork that and borrow it. Um, yeah, I think it's uh, we like to be positive, and I definitely think that's part of the culture over at Shapeshift, which is especially valuable, as you guys know, in a bear market. So, um, yeah, something I say every day, and I've been saying it every day now for seven years about. And uh, I will say, it's, to be completely transparent, you know, not every single day is better than the last day. There's because obviously, if we all have bad days every once in a while, but absolutely, the general trend has been upwards. Ever since I started saying I've never that. seen I've never seen Willie have a bad day for what it's worth. If you ever hear me say that I'm just doing good, you know that's something. <laughs> good. Well, this is an amazing day because we saw uh, Savers release on Shapeshift yesterday. So, I mean, how how bad could today really be? Yes, it's yeah. That definitely warrants the best day ever. One hundred percent. Yeah, not sure if there's anyone else from your team that wants to come up. Uh, if, if there's like people from the audience that want to come up, let's just save that to the end. And like, if there's contributors from Shapeshift or or Thorchain that that want to come up and uh, just speak, we're just gonna just just talk here about uh, you know Shapeshift, Thorchain, the Savers integration, and just everything that's going on between uh, these really cool communities. So uh, yeah, let's let's get into it. Do you guys want to do a quick intro uh, for yourselves, uh, DeFi Cafe and Willie? Yeah, sure. I'll go first. Um, I'm DeFi Cafe. I run the engineering team at Shapeshift. We've also got uh, Gomes from Engineering down in the audience, and uh, Gomes gets the credit for the uh, Thorchain Savers integration. So if you want to pop your hand up, we'll get you up on stage. Uh, we've also got Kent Barton down in the audience as well, um, our tokenomics workstream leader. You guys, I'm sure they'll come up, but I'll let Willie give his introduction as well. Thanks, DeFi. Thanks, Chad. Thanks, everybody. Uh, my name is Willie. I'm been with Shapeshift since 2018, as I mentioned. Previously, I was the founder of Bitfract, which was built on top of Shapeshift and which Shapeshift acquired in 2018. Um, it was the first tool where you could trade Bitcoin for multiple cryptos, and it was built on Shapeshift back in the good old days, pre-KYC. Um, so I was principal product manager at Shapeshift until we decentralized, and my current role, now I'm just a member of the community at Shapeshift, 
and my official title is Head of Decentralization for the Fox Foundation, which is um, a separate entity from the Shapeshift DAO, and it has no control over the DAO. Its mission is to support the DAO in achieving full decentralization. And so it's also kind of like a stepping stone in Shapeshift's transition from a corporation, which was founded back in 2014, to a fully decentralized DAO. So the foundation was responsible for stewarding some of the legacy assets, like, for example, the trademark, the domain, shapeshift.com. We also were maintaining the legacy centralized infrastructure for Shapeshift, which has since been sunset. Um, as of October, the users from the legacy centralized apps to the new open source app that DeFi and the Shapeshift DAO community have been building for about a year and a half now, uh, which is fully open source. And we were able to um, basically rip out the back end, the servers and the databases that were um, that powered Shapeshift's legacy app. This new app is open source and architected for complete decentralization. And maybe we'll talk about that a little bit more today. And I see we've got Kent up here. So GM Kent, I'll pass it to you. Hey, GM friends. Hello, Chad and uh, ThorChain people. Uh, great to be here. So yeah, my name's Kent. Um, I would describe myself as a decentralization maxi. Um, much like DeFi and Willy, I was also at Centralized Shapeshift. I was head of R&D there. Um, I started the Ethereum community in Denver back in 2014 and have been heavily involved in uh, community organizing in ETH Denver. Uh, and these days, I'm the tokenomics workstream leader at Shapeshift DAO. So we focus on fun stuff like treasury management, uh, value accrual to Fox, strategy, um, business model type stuff. And uh, yeah, super excited about the um, the ongoing partnership with, with ThorChain and also um, especially today's uh, Savers announcement. Cool. I'm uh, on the ThorChain account as Familiar Cow. I'm the communications director at Nine Realms, one of the primary dev teams for ThorChain. And then uh, with me, I got Chad Thoreau helping me co-host. Hey, Chad. Hey, yep. I'm Chad Thoreau. I co-host these spaces for ThorChain. And I also do uh, content and community stuff at, at ThorSwap. Cool. So... Yeah, uh, so Shapeshift was one of the, like, I, I feel like it's just a match made in heaven with, with ThorChain just from the beginning. And a, a lot of that really ties in with, like, Shapeshift's origin story of being this centralized company and transitioning to the, the DAO as it is today. So I kind of want to he hear a little bit about the, the story a little bit, because I think that's that's kind of what captured, like, as, at least my, like, imagination from, from the beginning, like, hearing the, the Shapeshift story and then like how ThorChain kind of fits fits in there and just the rest of DeFi as well. So like what, what Shapeshift or, origin story and how to get to where it is today? Shapeshift's origin story, I guess it was when when our father, Mount Gox, was murdered basically and, and that's when it all began. Uh, to your point, um, Shapeshift, I'm realizing now as you say it, like Shapeshift DAO would not exist if it wasn't for ThorChain. So it's a really cool, like you said, intertwined history. And for anyone who's not familiar with Shapeshift's backstory, it was started back in 2014 by Eric Voorhees as one of the first ways to trade crypto non-custodially from your own wallet. And it quickly became the most popular way to trade crypto from your own wallet. And it was started in the wake of Mt. Gox, which was the first um, exchange to get hacked. And it was where like 80% of Bitcoin was being traded at the time. It was a catastrophic event. And it was the first time that a lot of Bitcoiners really learned the hard way not your keys, not your crypto. So one of the things that people really loved about Shapeshift was that it was super simple. It was kind of like ThorChain is today, but uh, long before ThorChain was, was even conceived, even before the first DEXs, before Ethereum even, this was back in 2014, 
back then it was just like Bitcoin and Litecoin. And one of the reasons people love Shapeshift was that it didn't require any account and it was super easy. You could just come in, send in Bitcoin and then put in your address to receive Litecoin. And Shapeshift was very quick to add other new chains and tokens um, and everything was going great. Shapeshift, again, processed you know billions of dollars of volume up until 2018, at which point regulations had evolved and crypto was starting to be recognized as money. And Shapeshift, which was a corporation based in, uh, although it was uh, incorporated in Switzerland, a lot of the team was in the United States and Shapeshift offered services to United States users. Most of, most of Shapeshift's customers were in the United States. So 2018, um, Shapeshift's lawyers came to the conclusion that in order to continue operating, Shapeshift would need to start requiring KYC. And so we spent months basically rebuilding the whole system to require accounts. We built out a whole compliance department and started requiring KYC. And sure enough, uh, you know, about 95% of our trade volume left Shapeshift and went on to competitors who had kind of copied the Shapeshift model, but um, hadn't yet started requiring KYC. So um, fast forward basically to 2020, Shapeshift had been um, basically focused on building a platform for hardware wallets, such as KeepKey, which was owned by Shapeshift, but also Ledger, Trezor. Uh, it supported Portis as well, which Shapeshift later acquired. So basically a platform that kind of took all the different things Shapeshift had been building. In addition to the market exchange, the uh, market price data, KeepKey hardware wallet, um, and uh, the, and married it all into a kind of a platform where you could uh, basically not only trade and manage your portfolio, but also buy and sell crypto. And eventually we started going down the path of enabling DeFi yield as well. So um, in 2020, we saw the proliferation of DEXs. And uh, we'd also been following ThorChain's progress for a while because we were very interested on how somebody could solve this problem and basically um, achieve the original shape, vision of Shapeshift, but in a way that couldn't be stopped or censored or where the, a company like Shapeshift wouldn't be required to collect this information from users that we didn't want to collect and that our users didn't want to give us. So um, in 2021, January, we integrated 0x to aggregate all of the Ethereum DEXs. And um, we were basically like, as soon as the day that, Shape, that ThorChain launched mainnet in April 2021, Shapeshift had already been working um, behind the scenes to develop the integration so that as soon as ThorChain network went live, Shapeshift launched our interface to ThorChain. And that day we sunset the Shapeshift market exchange that had been running for about seven years at that point. And um, we stopped KYCing users. And that was the best day ever. Like I remember uh, it was a terribly dark day at Shapeshift when Eric told the whole company that we would have to require KYC. It was an even darker day a few months later when we actually launched it and, and announced this to the world. People on like crypto Twitter was pissed. They were like, F you Shapeshift, you've sold your soul. You guys should just kill yourselves. You should have. You should have just closed down. Like this is terrible. You're the worst. Uh, and it sucked because it's like it's not what we wanted to do. And sometimes, like what Eric said to the company, is that you gotta sometimes lose a battle to win the war. And so we're incredibly grateful to Thorchain because when we then came back a few years later and said, "Hey, guess what? You can now trade Bitcoin and Ethereum on Shapeshift again without any KYC." Um, crypto Twitter was like, "Yeah, Shapeshift back. You guys are awesome." And that was, I, mean, I know it felt really amazing to like everybody at the company who had st stuck around for years and kept fighting the good fight uh, to basically be able to finally come back to that point and um, basically like offer the original Shapeshift vision, but even better thanks to the, the challenges that ThorChain solved, which are incredible challenges that you guys were able to solve. So hopefully I didn't talk too long, but it's a, it was a long history over many years there. And uh, 
yeah, I'll stop there. No, that was great. Um, it really does put it in perspective for uh, for both sides, you know, for the for Shapeshift users as well as Thorchads that aren't familiar with the with the Shapeshift story. It it really helps color like the importance of Thorchain today. So I would also urge people to like go back and and listen to some of those interviews, like even pre Thorchain, and and hear Eric and the team, uh, you know, talking about Shapeshift. Because I would say like not only not only does like Thorchain allow Shapeshift to be where it is today, but it's also hard to say if Thorchain would exist as it is today, if not for the Shapeshift story. So it really comes together. And uh, yeah, you know, this is, uh, yeah, it's the best day ever now. <laughs> and it's really a story of crypto innovation triumphing over uh, just unnecessary regulations, like, like the Bank Secrecy Act, which prevented, which required Shapeshift to start collecting KYC because it considered uh, Shapeshift to be the, the custodian of, of funds as it's as moving cross chain because Shapeshift was, uh, you know, being being a custodian for you know a brief moment while it swapped you know Bitcoin to, to Litecoin or whatever. But then you know using decentralized infrastructure like Thorchain just allows allows you guys to just pass that off and say, hey, we're not processing we're not processing these swaps. All, all we're doing is we're we're just sending. Bitcoin off of, off on the wallet. We're not actually processing any of these swaps. It's you know, it Thorchain is what is actually like being used here. So you know, these these, these things don't don't apply to Shapeshift anymore. So it's just like I, I really like what you said about like lo- losing the battle, but but winning the war because it does seem like we're like a, as a whole as an ecosystem, we're in just such a stronger position in in having this like big architecture of like front ends of you know like shapeshift you know thor swap like all, all these front ends and then the decentralized infrastructure on the back ends which is you know allowed to really power these these swaps and the, the things that users really want to do without risk to the uh, the front ends themselves and you know the, the real people who are behind these things and believe in them to me it feels like cybers is now like another example of that like lose the battle, win the war thing for all of the carnage that came out of the C5 failures last year with, you know, BlockFi and Voyager and Celsius and everything. You know, BlockFi, you could just deposit Bitcoin one-sided and apparently get yield, ultimately get rugged. But now, you know, we're getting the same same service to users in a decentralized fashion and the yield is real. And you can see where the yield comes from on-chain and it's auditable. Um and it's permissionless. Uh, it's just, it's really cool. You know, two years ago, it was cross-chain swaps. Now it's single-sided yield on otherwise unproductive assets. So it's, to me, I find a real beauty in, in seeing code solve these problems and, and catch up to and kind of outstrip regulation, so to speak. Yeah, it makes me really bullish to see, like, five years ago, where we were and where we are today. And so you can just imagine like, you know, how much, how much better things will be, you know, five years from now, how much, how many, how much more decentralized infrastructure we'll have, how much more capabilities that, um, you know, these, these great builders will be building into their, their products, not, not just in Thorchain, but all like everything in, in DeFi and just building more infrastructure to give to users to, to really empower them and not, you know, get, get bogged down in, uh, you know, taking a picture of your face and, and sending it in before making a swap, right? Yeah, I mean, it's so important to see these projects take back the core products of crypto from centralized entities back to crypto. It's like, that's the way 
that that's what the ethos was from the very beginning. And we went through this like dark ages of, of centralization and all these, you know, regulations when decentralization wasn't ready to, to skirt around it. And now we're kind of in an era where, okay, trading, we got, we got DEXs. You don't need to go to centralized exchanges for that. And then, you know, like you said, BlockFi popped up, gets billions and billions of dollars of Bitcoin, but it's not really a, it's not really a, a crypto, you know, native app. It's, it's trust-based. It's a centralized uh, company. And now you have ThorChain Savers taking that back too. And um, something I've been saying for a while is it, it just feels like, like ThorChain and the broader DeFi community, it's like just going down the list of, of, of taking back these most popular products uh, in crypto that became centralized and really fulfilling the original vision. And that's just so crucial to, to the entire space. And what's beautiful about sort of the, the timing on this as, as decentralized infrastructure gets more built out is the everything on the CFI side of things has only served to, to highlight the, the difference. And uh, of course, people outside the space or regulators and politicians maybe don't really have a keen sense of this yet. But like what a what a stunning contrast after the, you know, the meltdown of of Celsius and the centralized lenders and, and then, of course, um, FTX, like everything we're collectively building in this space is, is built on this, you know, on these transparent um, uh, foundations, you know, like like DeFi mentioned, every all these yields are auditable and the code is auditable on on uh, Thorchain and Savers Vaults. Of course, at the Dow, our transparency or, or um, our finances are 100 percent transparent. We have these wonderful um, dashboards or what we call dashboards <laughs> that people can can see, you know, in real time. Like, OK, what are the uh, what is the status of, of their their finances? When I say we have, you know, nine months of runway, well, people can can audit that themselves and see that for themselves. And like um, I think as time goes on. The one thing we can say with certainty is there there will continue to be giant clusterfucks on the centralized side of things. Um, you know, like the FTX was a, a pretty a pretty stunning example, but there will still be uh, centralized exchanges being hacked. There there will be um, you know government governments doing you know overreaching on things and causing um, causing their citizens to to choose riskier alternatives like like FTX and um, yeah it's it, it's it's just really cool to kind of like. Um, be building in a space where it really feels like we're all in this together. You know, I, I've, uh, I've never really gotten this sense of like, Oh, you know, we're, we're competing with X, Y, Z. It's like, even if like, uh, you know, provider is like uh, doing something in, in the same, um, you know, market segment or vertical. It's like at the end of the day, man, we're all, we're all building these tools for freedom and tool, the, these decentralized tools that will remedy uh, many of the problems we have right now. It's just that the rest of the world hasn't caught on to this yet. Yeah, adding on to that, one of the things that we say a lot in these spaces, uh, it, it's not, you know, decentralized protocol A versus, you know, protocol B. It's really, you know, centralized versus decentralized. It's And I think it's clear, like, what direction everything is trending toward. Like, you can look up pretty much any any metric. You can see that things are trending towards uh, towards DeFi and towards decentralization, towards, towards DAOs and towards these you know decentralized groups of people that want to build open source projects and have other people build on top of them and it just makes makes the foundation rock solid because you, there's no central there's no central point of failure and then any if say uh you know something like thorchain were to fail everything is open source in the back end someone can fork it and continue in in the spirit of of thorchain and using using the principles bu building upon whatever has failed. So it's like e even the failures in the, the decentralized space, there's lessons to be learned there. And it's easy to 
uh, to, to build upon that because everything is built from open source code, right? Everything, everything's auditable. Everything's be, everything's able to be viewed and, uh, just e easily di dissected and, uh, and built upon. Also brought up, uh, Gomes here. Sorry. Hey, Gomes. Yeah, no worries. Jim Tolchas, can you hear me? Jim Swagfam, can you hear me? Mm -hmm. Jim Gummy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Jim, I uh, just wanted to um, introduce myself. So I'm Gomes, I uh, did integration on uh, Dolchin Savers. Uh, but like, without talking as a, as a developer, I uh, just want to say like how um like happy it makes me to see this uh this integration of savers and and also like the integration of uh those swaps and uh we already have integrated uh and i perfectly agree this this fits like the original shapeshift vision and uh just like a bit of history like i joined uh, shapeshift um when it was already decentralized so i joined as a as a contributor to the dao uh it's not something that would obviously have been possible uh, as I'm not in the United States, and uh, when it was centralized, uh, that's something that was not possible. Um, and I think this this really um, like this this interoperability with, uh, with like all these DeFi protocols. You know, the fact that uh, as an individual contributor, uh, I can just come and build and can just come and integrate uh, like any protocol you want. You know, everything is open source. Everything is interoperable. Um, that's really matching the the original. Uh, Shapeshift Vision, uh, which is one of the first products that introduced me to crypto. And back then, you could swap. There was uh, there was basically no DeFi. You could uh, not even earn yield on any asset, native and or not native. Uh, it's really great to see that nowadays, you know, with uh, with Dogecoin, with uh, Savers, uh, with Dogecoin, you can uh, swap uh, with DeFi. You can uh, now earn yield with DeFi. And yeah, I mean, I, I think that really uh, lines up with our vision. It's really the same vision that we have at Shapeshift. And it's really interesting to see how we're just coming back to to the, the original product, um, but with DeFi building blocks uh, these days. So yeah, refund build and um, rematching our ethos. So yeah. I have to ask one thing. Uh, so what was your experience like so you were the one that actually implemented savers with Shapeshift. What was your experience like doing that? Did you think it was like it was an easy process? And uh, yeah, just I want to hear a little bit about um, just how it was for you actually, you know, doing the doing the work, putting it in there. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I would say that it's really uh, it's, it's the continuity as what we've been doing with those swaps. Uh, so. We might be biased there because we already have a bit of experience uh, with Torchain, and so we we know a bit of the of the underlings already. Uh, but Savers was something new for us, um, so all we had was effectively this like one docs page, um, and it really was all we needed. I mean, uh, the the API, um, you know, was all very clear. Um, gave us all we needed. Um, whenever we had a bit of friction here and there uh, on that. The one issue with the API, uh, it was super quick to get an answer to see if that was like a, an issue upstream. Uh, or it does something that uh, we did wrong. Uh, Aridenus was super helpful in uh, in helping us that way. Uh, so we said that overall, we really didn't have much friction. Like everything was clear. Um, and you guys made a really stunning job at uh, making us able to, to integrate you. 
Uh, I would say that, yeah, like on the dock side, you know, like every product, like every uh, every repo, there's always things to be done on the dock side to, to make things better for, for developers to integrate. Uh, I don't know if you guys are open source and that part of the product, but uh, could be nice to contribute there. Yeah, yeah, the, the docs are all open source, but it's good to hear that you had a good experience actually implementing it because, you know, I mean, that, that's the end goal of ThorChain is to be in the back end of, of all of these products like like Shapeshift and every other, uh, you know, open source front end that really wants to use decentralized infrastructure. So, uh, sorry, that, that was just a, a curiosity of mine, just seeing how it was for you guys, but I'm glad to hear things worked out well. I want to give a big shout out to um, Eridanus lurking down there in the audience um, at Nine Realms, who's super responsive and absolute chad and um, helped us out with some tiny bugs on ThorChain side and getting answers to us really quickly and helping us dashboards and clarifications and everything. There was one or two little hairy bits with UTXO coins, but that's not ThorChain's fault. We're really abusing the limits of what those coins can do. But yeah, Eridanus is an absolute champion with uh, helping us out there. So huge thanks. Cool. So uh, maybe we should talk a bit about the actual product of, of Savers and what it is and, and how it works a bit. Uh, so, yeah, let, let's get into that. So, I, I mean, I guess we should start off by saying, like, what actual chains ThorChain supports itself. So the, ac the actual chains that ThorChain supports, uh, it's all these are, are the native native chains, obviously, um, as probably a lot of people in here know. Uh, so that's Bitcoin, uh, Ethereum, Binance Beacon Chain, not, not Smart Chain. Uh, Avalanche C Chain, the Cosmos Hub, so that's Adam, Dogecoin, Bitcoin Cash, and Litecoin. So all of those vaults are now available on Shapeshift, and uh, the, the user experience is actually very very simple. All you need to do is connect your wallet to Shapeshift. So I, I guess that's your Shapeshift wallet or uh, XDeFi or w whatever else uh, you use on, on Shapeshift, and uh, you just send the you send the coins into the vault and it's actually just that simple to to deposit uh like obviously there's a there's a lot more that goes on in the back end of things and how things are accounted but uh the actual savers feature is very simple in itself where it's just you take your bitcoin you send it to the vault uh some fees get taken out on on addition and when you withdraw so be, be mindful of that definitely read the documentation before you deposit anything and do your research before you do anything but uh, the actual user process of adding to the Savers Vault, and uh, which is basically becoming a liquidity provider, a type of liquidity provider on ThorChain, which is meant to be uh, lower risk and very, very simple to use. And for users that want a, a low cognitive burden of, hey, I'm just going to deposit, not worry about permanent loss or, or anything like that. I'm just going to deposit my assets. And then, uh, you know, every, every time there's a swap on ThorChain, just a portion of that gets deposited into your position and then you can withdraw anytime. So I think that's, that's kind of the basics of, uh, of savers vaults. Anything that I didn't touch on there? No, I think you covered it. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm curious how you guys thought about UI and just the designing of how you, your users will interact with it. Obviously, as, as Kao said, it's, it is so simple. There's not really a lot required, but um, yeah, maybe walk us through just like the design thinking, like, are there uh, warnings or explanations of like how, how you break down the, the slip fees and um, tracking your positions? Uh, yeah, just how, how did you guys think through the, the designing of, of that? 
I'll try and speak to this. We actually had our designer lurking in the audience for a little bit. I won't uh, dox him and bring him up, but we've kind of got a, uh, a consistent way of thinking about what we call opportunities. So because we've got, uh, you know, uh, many other integrations like Yearn and Idle Finance and Cosmos Validators and Osmosis Validators and things like that. We have a consistent way of approaching these, which we call opportunities. So that might be like providing liquidity with, you know, two assets into an LP token or, um, you know, single-sided staking into some sort of EVM protocol or single-sided staking into a savers vault. So our product team had put a lot of work into uh, thoughts around that. It's kind of a three-step thing where you've got like an overview screen where you can see... We also support multiple accounts for every chain, so you can see like which account that you're dealing with for a particular asset, um, and you can see like you know what you've got in each of your accounts and, and their positions in particular opportunities like savers. Then we just got a, a deposit screen with some pretty straightforward like you know 25, 50, 75, 100% buttons, um, and then on the Thorchain stuff specifically, we have a little bit more info um, first around the risks, which you guys did an amazing job of explaining in the Medium article. I, I want to stress that there are, it's not a risk-free thing. There are risks associated with this, but um, they're pretty straightforward and well-communicated. Um, so we've got the you know explainer of that and then showing uh, the caps of the vaults at the moment. Sadly, the Bitcoin one's pretty full. So guys, please go and provide liquidity so that the, the synth ratio goes up and we can deposit more Bitcoin. Um, but then, yeah, pretty straightforward deposit step. Um, there's a little bit of kind of technical complexity especially with you know bitcoin bitcoin cash litecoin and stuff but we did a gomes did an amazing job of um hiding that kind of complexity away with two transactions that get sent behind the scenes sort of thing um yeah and then like the withdrawal process yeah shows you the same thing in reverse basically and we've also got uh when you deposit showing uh the days it'll take to pay off your deposit fees as well so if you are depositing a small amount uh just to play around with um always a good idea to do that but um it'll show you a really long time to pay that back obviously but if you're depositing sort of a a normal reasonable amount um yeah it, it won't be too long yeah that's a great feature and just so people understand that that's because the the larger single sided deposit you make the more slippage there is uh, that's just how Thorchain fees work. They scale up like that. So in a lot of cases, you're better off splitting it into some smaller deposits if you're trying to do a large size. Uh, but yeah, that's a great feature to kind of show the the estimated uh, break-even period. That's Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's one of those yeah, really good also... UX features. Oh, sorry, Gums, you go. No worries. Yeah, I was also going to say one more thing on the UX side, uh, which is also something that we really try to make clear, um, is how we handle uh, basically like ongoing TXs like TX history. Uh, that's something that can be extremely confusing for users. Uh, I mean, I can't count the number of times I just use a DAP. Um, you know, any DAP, and you, you go, you make your, your TX, and you call a smart contract. Um, the app will tell you, um, like, you have a TX ongoing, this is happening. Um, and then you refresh, and then you will see nothing, and it can be extremely scary uh, as users. Um, and so that's something uh, that at Shapeshift we have the, the architecture to do. I mean, we have, we have our own nodes uh, without going into too many uh, technical details. Like, that's something that uh, we know how to do. You can refresh, you'll see, still see your TX history. Um, and so we also try to make it, um, or like to, to remove uh, really the, the scary points out of it. Uh, and really making clear uh, for users, especially for UTXs, it can be uh, quite long to confirm that, yes, they have something ongoing uh, to savers and they have a deposit, they have a withdrawal. 
uh, that's ongoing and that basically everything is just uh, is fine, like it's just long. Uh, there's definitely room for improvements. Uh, like we have products that uh, have ideas on how to make that even more explicit. Um, but yeah, the, the main idea is like uh, make it clear for users like something is happening. Uh, your thought chain servers deposit, your chain servers withdraw is happening. And we found the not lost, things are not uh, not working. Uh, everything is working as it should, just long. So yeah, that's that's the element that we also wanted to to make explicit. Like something's happening, don't be scared. Cool. One of the other things I wanted to go into a bit is about uh, about the caps, because I'm sure people have questions about the like you know why is there a cap on the savers vaults and like you know when are the caps going to be raised so i just let let me take a minute and address all that so the the caps on each savers vault is a uh is a proportion of how much liquidity there is in in uh dual sided liquidity so since the beginning of thorchain all liquidity has been two-sided so a liquidity provider provides both rune uh, the native asset of Thorchain and Bitcoin or whatever other native asset. But I'll, I'll use Bitcoin for all these examples. So uh, you, so because uh, Savers Vaults use synthetic assets for their accounting, so you, you deposit native assets, but that native asset is converted into a synthetic asset. And that, that's how the, your position is accounted in Thorchain. And then obviously when you withdraw, it gets converted back to a native asset. Uh, but because of the way synthetic assets work, uh, there is a limit to how much synthetic assets can safely be minted on, on the network. So uh, synthetic assets are backed by these dual liquidity providers. And uh, synthetic assets are also a type of liquidity, a, a, a type of liquidity on the network where uh, if the, the rune Bitcoin price moves, moves up, then uh, there, those dual-sided LPs see an asymmetric gain, while if the Rune BTC price goes down, they see an asymmetric loss. So it's a type of leverage on these dual-sided LPs where uh, the higher the synthetic asset utilization ratio, the more synths are minted for the pool, uh, the more leverage is basically placed on these dual LPs. Uh, so in like a Rune downturn scenario, they see more loss, where in a Rune upward scenario, uh, they, they see more gain. So that's why there's some kind of limit on the amount that can be actually placed in, in the pools itself. Uh, right now, it's 30% of the total liquidity in the pool. So, you know, if the pool is 100 million, then uh, 30 million can be uh, in synthetic assets, which includes all of the savers positions. Uh, and since they're also used for arbitrage on Thorchain. So that's why there is a limit. And the answer to when the synth caps will be raised, uh, the answer is not yet. And there really isn't a reason to raise it yet. I know people obviously want to deposit and get that, you know, about 4% APR on their, on their native Bitcoin, because obviously that there's nowhere else in, in anywhere to do that in a decentralized way. So, uh, but we don't just need Bitcoin liquidity on Thorchain. We need uh, Ethereum liquidity. We're doing all this dex aggregation. We need more liquidity in the ether pool to get better prices and and swap using using Uniswap and and things like that. Like there needs to be more liquidity for not just Bitcoin, but for but for everything else. So uh, the, the caps aren't being raised yet, and the team is still discussing like the the best way to uh, 
to just you know handle the situation and make sure that things are done safely without without breaking anything because obviously that that, that would be bad. The team wants to move slow and carefully, uh, but we also need liquidity on all these other assets too, which is why like it's it's totally fine that Shapeshift is launching into a uh, is launching Sabers Vaults into a a mostly full uh, Bitcoin vault. Because we, we really do need liquidity. Uh, we need we need Doge liquidity. We need AVAX liquidity. We need we need all the liquidity that we can get to have the best price execution possible. And the more liquidity that gets into the into the network, like Chad was saying before, so the base fees are based on how deep the pool is and what your deposit size is. So the more liquidity that's in the network, the better trading fees are. Which means trading fees are going to be better when you're trading on Shapeshift. You're trading Bitcoin to Litecoin, and the Litecoin pool is five times deeper. You're going to be paying a lot less slippage for each trade. So being a liquidity provider for ThorChain is just another way to uh, to contribute towards the success of the network, bring prices down uh, for for swappers, which uh, hopefully we should see you know increased volume and uh, you know the flywheel continues to go that way. So uh, definitely consider that this is not just a this is not just a Bitcoin product, although that is one of the most attractive things about ThorChain Savers. Uh, it's for it's for everything. There's also nowhere else to earn uh, native Doge. <laughs> there, nowhere else to earn native Litecoin, Bitcoin Cash. Uh, like all, all these things, that they're, they're all available on, on ThorChain Saver. So I just want to call that out there and just give the reasoning for uh, the, the caps and explanation there. Yeah, the, the space in the ETH pool is looking pretty attractive. People should definitely take, take a look at that. Um, also, there is there is one other way that cap that cap space uh, can increase, and and that's the rune price itself. And um, rune is of course a bet on the adoption of these features because they're all inherently like tied to the adoption just through its clever tokenomics. And if hypothetically, not financial advice, if rune starts going up because the market comes around to that, that alone frees up a lot of cap space because the rune price going up is deepening the total pool such that the Bitcoin, for example, is a smaller percentage of the total pool. And that's what the synth cap uh, percentage is. So if, if rune is outperforming, then there's more and more space available for native single-sided Bitcoin deposits or any of the other assets. Um, and that's, that's really the safest way uh, to, scale, to scale savers. Um, you know, yeah, as Cow said, a lot of things are being discussed as far as raising to 50% and protocol and liquidity and, and all of these things that are still being discussed. But, um, you know, a really ideal scenario would just be that, uh, you know, fingers crossed, if, if, Rune, if Rune performs well, then that can potentially just continue to scale it uh, with, with its current uh, parameters. Right. And that's just, that's just what's happening right now. It, it, like if you see Bitcoin increases versus sorry, Rune increases versus Bitcoin, uh, you'll see uh, cap space free up and you'll see that, that you know, 100 percent tick down to 99, 98. And it, that can go down indefinitely just based on the, the Rune Bitcoin price and w- whatever price that's at currently. So uh, right now, they're like we, we don't know when the when the caps are going to be raised, so, so to speak. Uh, it's right now it's the, a function of the market and not over leveraging the. The, the dual LPs, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how it we'll see how it goes from here. And if uh, definitely consider becoming a dual sided LP. That's not not at all the same as being a Sabers LP. But um, yeah, that, that's that's the only other way to increase the uh, the space in in the same result. So uh, yeah, just wanted to call it out there. 
Yeah. So, um, Shapeshift and Savers. Do you guys have your own uh, dashboard for like viewing your position and how much like uh, you know how much it's grown over like the past however many days you've been in there and just uh, like a way to see like the analytics of uh, of your deposit. Yeah, we kind of got two things coming on that side. So one is like a, a continuation. So we got the the base functionality launched with a what we think is pretty good uh, user experience as is. Um, based on some of the feedbacks we got from Nine Realms, from other people that have implemented Savers and, and what they'd like to see, we've got a bunch of improvements there, um, you know, like showing how close that you are to paying off your original slippage and things like that. Um, and then more broadly, we've got like a um, kind of display DeFi positions um, thing going on at the moment. So the, the whole kind of DeFi section of the app is going to get a, a big like revamp and overhaul. So you'll be able to see things like broken down by asset or position. So for example, if you had ETH, you could have that deposited into multiple things. Um, and you know, one of those could be a savers vault and then you could see like the, the rewards that have accrued since your initial deposit. Um, then we're gonna do it by protocol as well, like by, by opportunity. So that would, you know, again, show you like by savers instead. Um, and then by chain as well. So we've got both generalized product things coming and more like ThorChain savers specific stuff to be able to see some of that more nicer analytics. And then like Eridanus is helping us at the moment on a, a DAO level um, to try and get some metrics for you know, how much we've uh, driven to the protocol. The display DeFi positions is going to be really awesome. It's a feature that we've been super excited about at Shapeshift for a long time. And uh it's worth noting that we just got to parity basically and completed that migration back in October. So pretty much the first year and a half of the DAO's existence was primarily focused on rebuilding the existing legacy centralized Shapeshift app and open sourcing it and architecting it for complete decentralization. And that took quite a while. Um, now that we're past that, we can start focusing on new features. Thorchain Savers was one of the top features that we were super excited to, to add. And um, one of the next ones is displaying DeFi positions. Um, we're super excited to have the Thorchain Savers vaults as, as one of those DeFi positions that we'll be able to display. And um, we, we are hoping to be able to do just as good of a job as Zapper and Zerion currently do with displaying the DeFi positions for any user who has positions in DeFi. Uh, as many of you guys know, it's, it's kind of hard to get a comprehensive view of your portfolio. And I think Zerion and Zapper both do a great job of showing those DeFi positions. But as many of you guys know, they're EVM focused and they're missing out on um, the rest of your portfolio. So, uh, and even just being able to see like your Bitcoin balance or your Doge balance alongside your DeFi positions. So we see that as like a, a big problem that still needs to be solved and uh, and a really great position to, to address that with the uh, shapeshift kind of core focus as being multi-chain support and killer UX and aggregating these protocols. So um, yeah, that's actually one of the things we've noticed with with a lot of a lot of like conversations that we're having with other like potential integrators is so many of these apps they they really just want to just exist in in EVM and just the the lift of integrating Bitcoin uh, and, and like every other you know UTXO chain is just like it's it seems like they just don't really want to do it because it's because it's just too much work it's too much to you know refactor everything that they've done and make make bitcoin fit into it which is what's special about shapeshift and probably like what a lot of your users use shapeshift for is to get that you know cross ecosystem uh availability just being able to 
to to do th- to use Bitcoin and you know then be on e- EVM and enter a urine vault or you know uh, the Ethereum Savers Vault or whatever. Like y- y- like having the the cross chain compatibility. I think that's that's where you guys really excel and where your competitive advantage is because you guys aren't blind to the fact that there there exist things outside of uh, outside of EVM. On the technical side of things, yeah, that's that's not an easy thing to do. We've got a, an open source library called HD Wallet, which uh, a lot of people have used, um, and, and that implements like a variety of wallets. So that's how we're able to support like MetaMask, MX DeFi, um, you know, hardware wallets like KeepKey as well, and you know, our own native software wallet, and, and all kind of expose that all the way through um, the app. We're, we've done a, a lot of work around like. I guess what we call like families of chains. So like we can treat like all of the UTXO coins the, ch- the same. We can treat the Cosmos SDK coins the same, the EVM coins the same. But yeah, that's um, it's not an easy thing to do. And um, I think I guess like non-technical folks don't appreciate the amount of work that's gone into to that to make it just that from a user's perspective, such a, a seamless experience. Um, we often get really funny questions from like the EVM gang when they come and integrate. It's like, oh, how do I pick the active network for the native wallet? And it's like, you don't, it's just, they're all active at the same time. Like how do, how do I, how do I pick Bitcoin to sign a Bitcoin transaction? You, you just sign it. Um, but yeah, we've put a lot of work into those cross chain abstractions um, when we rebuilt this new app from the ground up. So uh, it's in a, a really healthy place now to, to start, you know, just adding more and more of these integrations. Yeah. That's the one thing that we're pushing for a lot. Um, and we think that's 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 where the space is going to go. Like it, it's clear that that Bitcoin isn't going anywhere. And you know, as as Maxis kind of huddle into their holes, the people that really expand outwardly and gain users from other ecosystems and have the best user experience cross chain and provide that that centralized uh, experience, but in a decentralized way, those are the ones that are really going to win over the long term. And that that's where that's where the that that war that we were talking about that's that's where it's going to be one is giving that great user experience in in a decentralized way i think so like huge kudos to you guys for understanding that and obviously that's like where the huge synergy of of thorchain and, and shapeshift come in and where a lot of people don't see the value in thorchain they say oh well why don't you just why don't you just use this this evm bridge and uh yeah it's it's so simple just just lock it up in a, in a smart contract and uh and just use a wrapped asset. Like, what, why, why, uh, why, why bother with any of this cross chain stuff? I mean, it is, it is sad. <laughs> you hate to see it, but that's just the way that a lot of these other uh, companies and you know even decentralized organizations uh, think of things. The wrap, the no wrapping thing is really important as well. Like, I see this on Twitter, especially like when Eric tweets all the time. It's like, oh, wasn't this like wrapped or bridged or or whatever? It's like. Yeah, I've seen Renbridge recently, I think it's like last month, um, have a, a hard deadline on a shutdown. Um, they're centralized. You, you wrap your stuff, your Bitcoin into Ren BTC, and yeah, sure, you can go like add to a ETH, you know, Ren BTC liquidity pool or wrap BTC, but that's not the case with ThoughtChain. You know, these, the, the Asgard vaults are native assets with, you know, tendermint threshold signatures, and native Bitcoin goes in and native Bitcoin comes out. There's no wrapping. There's no trust there. The, the protocol's auditable. I, I, I really think that, you know, that being able to do it natively is a, a key advantage that people aren't, still aren't fully grasping. 
No, but uh, I think they'll see the success of, of Thorchain and, you know, and, and obviously shapeshift and you know whatever whatever front ends are doing the best job and especially the ones that are thinking about this really from the first principles and saying like where where are the users and what are their needs rather than just saying oh uh oh yeah you're a bitcoiner oh well, go use your go use your bitcoin wallet and then you know come, come to us when when you really want to when you really want to talk and you know just leave, leave that all behind there needs to be a more unified ecosystem and unified push as i said before it's a it's a it's a fight of decentralized versus centralized, not not Bitcoin versus Ethereum and, and all this stuff. We, we don't need to worry about about that anymore. And I don't think people have really I mean, most people have not seen that light yet. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're fighting the fight. Yeah, it's ironic that a lot of the um, the maxis out there uh, prior to all the, the CFI meltdown, you know, they were saying, well, don't do anything like using Thorchain. J- just use like a centralized lender. And then, you know, look, look what happened. But um. I think we're seeing this like wonderful convergence of a few factors here that are, are going to lead to like much more um, adoption of, of truly, you know, decentralized or of really of DeFi. Because um, on one hand, you have new financial primitives like Savers Vault. And then on the other hand, you have, you know, what, what Shapeshift and, and others are trying to do in terms of um, we used to have this saying at old sh- centralized Shapeshift, make it fucking easy. Like really just do everything we can to remove those frictions and make it understandable and I think Savers Vault really so much uh, helps move in that direction because, you know, it's, it's much easier to just explain like, you know, single sided side, the single sided approach to somebody who, who maybe isn't as sophisticated and crypto native, just deposit, you know, whatever, <laughs> really one of many tokens from different chains into this thing. And you can see, um, you know, the, the, this yield over time, you don't have to worry about, you know, a lot of other factors, the impermanent loss stuff and all, all that. Um, of course, yeah, there's slippage, but that's a, a concept familiar to anybody who's even traded stocks. And at the same time, the the multi-chain stuff, the chain agnostic stuff, just opens opens that door to a wider horizon or um, a wider uh, pool of potential users. Um, and it's also it feels very future-proof to do that because you know there's going to be a proliferation of um, of new EVM chains with roll-ups. The Cosmos space, of course, is um, uh, you know just probably going to be having a Cambrian explosion in, in the next uh, year or so. So um, it just feels like the perfect like nexus and combination of things coming together um, that is just going to explode in an exponential way over the next uh, months and years, I think. On the topic of um, like LPing with ThorChain as well, um, we did a lot of work around, like I was mentioning, like how we think about all of these different cross-chain yield opportunities as, as opportunities. Um, and so like we had to support our own liquidity pool on Uniswap and we built this really nice abstraction around it. So uh, it, it's going to be reasonably easy for us to implement ThorChain LPing. The reason we went with Savers first is just it's such a, an easy product to understand. Um, yeah, you don't have to, to worry about the impermanent loss, uh, even though there was that impermanent loss protection, which is kind of phasing out. But it's just the more user-friendly um, way to dip your toe into native yield. And there's nothing stopping us from doing the, the LP later, which would, I guess, also help raise the caps as well on the, the savers vaults. So that, that might be coming down the path soon as well for us. Yeah, that's great to see. Uh, yeah, dual LPs are really the, the bread and butter of, of Thorchain, but it's the most 
it's the highest cognitive burden because there's, you know, impermanent loss to worry about, uh, which, which, by the way, uh, there's only a few days left of impermanent loss protection. So if you add to a, uh, a, a Thorchain uh, dual-sided liquidity position before, I, I believe the estimated date is Monday. It, it's block 9.45 million, which means nothing to anybody here. But I believe that's like Monday at around like 8 p.m. Eastern. So it, if you do add to a dual LP position over the weekend, for example, uh, that you, you would be protected against impermanent loss with uh, Thorchain's permanent loss protection. If you do it afterwards, or if you add to a current position after that, uh, you lose your protection. So be, be aware of that and just know that this is like the last couple of days to add without with impermanent loss protection. I mean, so uh, yeah, just one call out there, which I almost almost forgot to say before. So that that is a, a good thing to mention. But obviously, like, it, you know, Things like Uniswap, they don't have impermanent loss protection, and that's not really a factor there. And the the reason it's being getting rid of is because of uh, because of savers vaults, and it's just not really necessary to offer this anymore because we have this new way to provide liquidity without risk of impermanent loss protection. So it's just a, a cognitively easier way to do it without worrying about oh, if Rune goes up too much, then you know I'm I'm losing, I'm selling my I'm selling my weak my strong asset into into the weak asset in this pool, and you know I face some IL here, there, there's synths and you know, just makes it so much easier. Another feature that um, I'm excited about that I think we should look at on the roadmap. DeFi. So uh, maybe oh. we should let up some uh, some of the community for questions. I think there's some people that oh, have uh, been requesting. Uh, I don't know if you couldn't hear oh. Willie. Uh, I don't. Maybe maybe it's uh, maybe damn, tw maybe Twitter is doing that thing. But uh, yeah, Willie, Willie, go uh, ahead. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you know when <laughs> when we can go to questions soon. Right after this, maybe. Thank you, Chad. Appreciate that. Yeah, I just wanted to note we've um, been looking at some user feedback we've had recently, and um, so a lot of users kind of expect to be able to trade Bitcoin for any ERC twenty on Shapeshift, and we don't yet support that, but would love to. So I think another feature that we need to look at soon is Thorchain's new Dex aggregation feature that enables basically uh, any of the routes that you guys support across chain to then also have a secondary swap transaction into the DEXs on Ethereum or EVM networks. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there as another really compelling feature that, that our users have been requesting and even actually expecting lately that we don't yet have support for and that uh, Thorchain is probably the, the best provider of. Yeah, I think aggregation really is huge. Uh, maybe time for a little chat between Shapeshift and ThorSwap, uh, see if something's something's there. But um, yeah, aggregation would definitely like expand that feature set and also even ties into what you guys were saying about uh, how a lot of these projects are just looking at EVM. Well, the more that you have those aggregation routes available, it kind of you you can like bridge that gap for them. Even even if they're not really like understanding or, or seeing the importance, if it's readily available, uh, you know, within Shapeshift or other apps and stuff like that, then it's like, well, the it's right there for you, <laughs> and if, if and users are going to use it. So whether people uh, in the leadership positions understand it or not. Uh, the users are gonna are, are gonna go for those routes if they're there, and that links into linking together all of the DeFi applications just across the whole ecosystem, linking together Uniswap and you know zero X, one inch, everything. And it's gonna make the, the UX so much better. It's like lower fees for everybody. It, that that's what's gonna give people the centralized experience because not all liquidity is gonna exist on Thorchain. The biggest Thorchain will is and probably always will be. I hope the the best uh, UTXO 
uh, liquidity, you know, the highest Bitcoin liquidity, Bitcoin Cash, Litecoin, everything like that. But uh, everything else, it's going to exist elsewhere. And we need to embrace that and, uh, you know, fight for the, the, all, all of the decentralized protocols that exist. Absolutely. Cool. Should we uh, bring people up for questions? If people want to start requesting, uh, feel free to hit hit the request and we'll hit a few questions before we wrap up. Kingfish is connecting here. Hello, can you hear me? Hello? I can, but I don't know if that means anything. Okay, that's great. Hey, I have a question that ties into being an LP provider. I um, put up several LP positions about uh, close to a year ago under the uh, impression that there is ILP protection. Um, and, um, you know, whenever I check on Thor yield, um, what I see doesn't really mesh with what my understanding was. I put in ETH in three different pool, three different positions, and on each of them, I'm quite down on my ETH, anywhere between 30 and 40%. Now, the way I understood the concept was when I put ETH in, it gets, I put it in symmetrically, and I'm sorry, uh, asymmetrically, that half of it gets uh, changed into Rune or traded into Rune, and then I have Rune ETH position. Now, Rune, right after I added these positions, crashed quite significantly against ETH, so I'm down on that. Now, if I look at the protection that I get, doesn't that doesn't make up the difference of what I put in. So I'm literally down uh, like 30 to 40%. Am I misunderstanding the concept? So it's, you're correct that it's split when you put it in. And that is the snapshot for your ILP protection. So, you know, if you put in one ETH, then your protection is really, and I'm simplifying, leaving out some fees, but it's really 0.5 ETH and the equivalent amount of rune at that time. And that's your that's the snapshot that you're protected against. So then after your 100 days, your full protection, uh, what is withdrawable is equivalent to that snapshot. It's not necessarily the exact split because the the values of the two coins move, move separately, but the total withdrawable should be equivalent value to, in this example, the 0.5 ETH and the amount of rune from that initial snapshot. So not sure if that clears up your situation yeah sorry part of this is also because uh, if you enter asymmetrically with one asset you can only withdraw that asset so because you entered eth and then eth underperformed uh, sorry outperformed rune uh you're essentially selling eth to buy rune but since you can't actually withdraw that rune uh you can only withdraw the eth and so that that's why and so so the il protection works as intended it's just it, this is part of the the complexity of dual sided LPs, especially asymmetric dual LPs, which is just like you know way too much to get into here. But it's it's just the nature. It, like basically, I mean, you pick you pick the wrong side of the of the trade where you pick the outperforming asset, uh, which is sold in an LP position for the underperforming asset, and uh, you can only withdraw the asset that you deposited. So that's the ETH which outperformed, which you've sold for the rune, uh, which you can't withdraw the rune. So. So sorry to hear about that, but sorry. That, hopefully that cleared up like the uh, complexity there. 
Well, I thought that I thought the idea of IELP uh, IELP protection is that when I want to withdraw, the difference of my loss gets made up from the rune pool. Is that not correct? So that's correct, but it's from it's from the fifty fifty starting point. So it, so you're not protected on the one ETH in the example that I was saying. You're protected against the the point five ETH and whatever amount of rune that was at the time that you entered. So then when you withdraw, you're getting uh, if you're doing asymmetric, it gets super complicated. But yeah, you're withdrawing a, a, a value of ETH equivalent to 0.5 ETH plus that quantity of rune, but in ETH terms. Um, but yeah, like like Cal was saying, I mean, th this is exactly why these features are kind of uh, not necessarily fully being deprecated, but like not going to be the focus because without ILP uh, and with Savers Vaults, like pretty much... There, there's almost no reason for people to be doing asymmetric LPing moving forward unless they're like a really advanced user and really understand exactly what they're doing. But um, yeah, sorry that uh, that this stuff has been, you know, we've been trying our best over years to like explain these things and, and people, you know, it's just, it just was really complicated. And that's why that's why it's just like time to kind of change it. But um, yeah, if you need more help understanding it, like, you know, whichever interface you kind of are using, if, if, if that was Thor Yield, maybe it was Thor Swap or whoever else, you could definitely like jump in Discord, chat, uh, tickets, uh, LP University, get some get some help understanding exactly what, what went down and make sure everything's uh, adding up as as it should be. All right. So then that means to me, really, um, after 100 days, I still don't have the protection. I understand that the asset gets split, but if one outperforms, then the other one should be substituted, so you do not uh, have the loss. But that doesn't seem to happen. So I guess well, it's not as you understand it, but it's working. It's a, it's as in, it's as intended and as as described, but it might not be as you as you understand it. So yeah. Uh, like yeah, sorry. I think the confusion is just that it's it's from the it's from the fifty fifty start point. It's not from the single start point. So I'm I'm sure if we dug into the math of your position, it's working as intended. It's just you're not protected from a single asset deposit, which is why savers exist now, and it's awesome, right? But okay. yeah, so an, an asymmetric deposit is exactly the same as a symmetric deposit. Obviously, I'm simplifying. There's a little bit of slippage and stuff like that. But essentially, when you deposit an asymmetric, you're really depositing the two sides, half half and half, and that's your snapshot. So it's not the one ETH. It's the it's the it's the two assets. So yeah, again, if you need more help kind of like digging into it, if you want to even like, you know, share the the position and like break down the numbers, I'm, I'm sure you could do that in, in various discords and tickets. Mm -hmm. So all I can do is basically wait for Rune to outperform ETH to get even basically, is that right? That's right. I mean, when you're when you're asymmetric from ETH, yeah. you are, you're essentially taking a trade that Rune is going to outperform ETH. Correct. Yeah. So, and and because that has not been the case, that's why you're down in ETH terms. Got it. Okay. Well, hopefully, we'll make that happen in the future. That's what we're here for, man. Okay. <laughs> sorry, um, sorry about that. Fingers crossed. Okay. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks. Oh uh, yeah. Anyone else that, that wants to come up and uh, get questions about Shapeshift or um, Thorchain or Savers? I got a question for you guys. Um, so I'm just curious, like, what's been the most difficult area of decentralizing as a front end or like areas that you still see the most 
uh, room to to proceed in decentralizing because you guys, I mean, yeah, you're using decentralized backends, but you have an app on the app store, you have US users, um, you know, so I'm just curious, like, what are the biggest difficulties in that process? And like, the biggest hurdles you've overcome and what you're still kind of like trying to tackle? On the technical side, it's really difficult because we do we do have a backend, but it's very minimal at the moment. It's a, we call it Unchained. So we run our own nodes. Um, so we've got nodes for every chain, including yeah, ThorChain. And then we have a very thin, uh, what we call Unchained, our chain indexing service in front of that. So that gives us like current account balances plus transaction history plus uh, you know, web sockets for transactions and then access to, um, you know, broadcast transactions via the node as well. Um, but it, it is really tricky. Like we can't do things like order books, for example. Um, we can't, you know, track a lot of historical things. We have to do everything client side. So on the technical side, that's really difficult. But um, I think one of the most exciting things coming down the track, which is going to be massive for the space in general, is um, Archeo, which is another chain that we're launching soon um, there's an airdrop a rolling airdrop snapshot that's uh, ongoing at the moment actually so the intent of Archeo is uh, very similar to what ThorChain has done um, but decentralizing access to node data so imagine uh, you know like a lot of people use Infura or things like Alchemy for access to EVM nodes as like basically nodes as a service the problem there is trust, right? Um, we saw this around uh, post tornado with uh, a lot of like EVM nodes uh, being OFAC compliant or not, um, or being forced to either run your own bare metal stuff, which is despite all of the progress in the, the light client space, it's still not easy to do for end users. Um, and so what Archeo is going to do is give you access to decentralized node data. And this is not just for the EVM networks, this is going to be for uh, whatever uh, node that a node operator wants to provide. So basically being able to query for all of that that data, so yeah, your uh, current balances, your transaction history, being able to broadcast to nodes um, in, in a very similar way that ThorChain does with you know nodes churning in and out and things like that. So having decentralized access to node data um, in a trustless you know way that's distributed as well, is a massive step for the space because there's really a huge choke point at the moment between the dApps like we are. Uh, we're very, very heavy on the client side and these robust protocols like ThorChain. Um, you know, ThorChain's one of the examples where you can talk to a, a variety of nodes already, which is great, but a lot of these other dApps, you know, have that choke point of Infura Alchemy where you can just sort of be turned off or censored or denied or blocked in particular countries. So... Um, yeah, that's that's something that's coming down the path for us that the Shapeshift DAO has been funding, but will be its own Cosmos SDK chain soon. Uh, check out Archeo Network if you're interested in, in more info about that. And I believe Chad Barford is kind of uh, helping with the architecture of the actual network itself. Indeed he is, yeah. He's uh, leading development there. Um, we've got a few of our um, Fox Foundation, so some former Foxes and um, yeah, DAO members contributing to that. So... Uh, yeah, big shout out to Chad. Uh, made some tremendous progress already on the foundation of Arcane Network. Chad is an absolute Chad. We could not have hoped for, for a better lead developer for Arcane than, than Chad. And also um, worth mentioning that there is an airdrop for ThorChain liquidity providers as part of the Arcane launch. So I just linked a, a tweet to that in the this Twitter space tweet. 
So uh, all third chain liquidity providers between November I think, 28th and 30 days prior to uh, the launch of Arceo, which is currently tentatively scheduled for Q2 of this year. So there's still time to, if you're not already providing liquidity to qualify for this airdrop. And uh, yeah, really excited about this because once this goes live, as Deepa mentioned, Arceo is basically like a decentralized Infura for all the chains that Shapeshift supports. And right now, the only remaining piece of Shapeshift's centralized backend is this node infrastructure. So when Arceo goes live, um, the front end of Shapeshift is already decentralized on IPFS. When Arceo goes live, and I guess once we're confident that it's reliable and stable, eventually it will replace this slim remaining uh, centralized backend that Shapeshift has. And at that point, the Shapeshift app will be fully decentralized and unstoppable. So we're super excited about that. And not only will Arceo uh, be powering Shapeshift's backend, but any interface, any application that wants to be truly decentralized and not run their own nodes or rely on a centralized node provider, such as ThorSwap or any other interface, will be able to tap into Arceo. So really looking forward to that. And one other thing I should mention, if any ThorChain validators are uh, on the call, um, that there will also be an airdrop for ThorChain validators. And we're really hoping that I think a lot of the initial validators set will be these existing ThorChain node operators who have a lot of experience, not only operating Cosmos style validators, but also already run nodes for all the different chains that uh, ThorChain and Shapeshift supports. Um, and this will be like another way for them to monetize their existing node infrastructure. So onward to complete decentralization. Yeah, that's amazing. Really exciting. Excited to to learn more and, and hear the progress on Arceo. I mean, just tackling another another layer of the stack and, and decentralizing it. So that's that's super important. Um, one question I'm sure people are having on the on the airdrop. So liquidity providers does is that going to include savers? That will include savers, and I'm I'm so grateful that you asked for a little bit more clarification because I should mention that it's not necessarily every pool. Um, it is most pools, but I think the the BNB assets might not be included. I need to look, and you can you can find all the details linked from the proposal um, that specified this. But we can only do the airdrop for um, chains that basically we're going to be doing this airdrop on Arceo. So it'll be a, an IBC token. Uh, we're also going to be rewarding users for Ethereum activity. So um, let me real quick, I can just grab the list of pools that will be included. Um, it is, of course, if you uh, LP ThorChain, um, or sorry, if you did any symmetrical liquidity providing, we will be able to reward you for that. Also, the AVAX pools, Cosmos pools, and then any of the ERC-20 pools will be included. The BNB uh, pools and potentially any others that I'm not thinking of that aren't part of that list uh, will not be included simply because we won't be airdropping on those networks. And uh, we need to basically be able to see either your Cosmos address or your ThorChain address or your uh, Ethereum address in order to be able to include those accounts in the airdrop. Right, that makes sense. So for for like a UTXO, like Bitcoin savers, the the problem is just like you can't actually get their address, right? I mean, that's I assume that's why the problem like is even an issue in the first place. Exactly, and like potentially there could yeah. be ways to do it. It just gets very complex, and the, the airdrop was already getting complex enough that we had to draw the line somewhere. Um, and yeah, I didn't want to necessarily go through all the hoops we'd have to 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 support those additional chains. But yeah, for um, if you did provide liquidity symmetrically and you provide uh, LP rune and BTC, you would be included. If you just did the, the BTC savers vaults, you would not be included. 
Cool. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Again, really excited to, to see updates on, on Archeo. Um, looks like no more questions in the queue and I think cow is being rugged. So do you guys have any final thoughts, any things we didn't touch on that you want to cover? Then we'll wrap up. I just, I loved um, what cow said earlier about just, um, you know, imagining where we'll be in five years. I really, I love to think about that. And I think like in five years, I, I really hope, I think we're all going to make it. And I think that at that point, like DeFi will just be so much better than centralized finance in, in every way, shape and form. It'll be more trustless, more battle tested. Um, and to Cal's earlier point, we'll have more liquidity because at that point, people will realize that it's just safer and there's, there's real uh, highly competitive yield. Um, so I get super excited about that and we can be fully decentralized at, at that point too and fully unstoppable. We're not, we're not there yet. Certainly we were not there five years ago, but we it wasn't even possible five years ago and we've come so far. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited and it's kudos to, to all the builders on this call that are coordinating to solve some really, really huge challenges to make this, make this, um, you know, dream from years ago actually become a reality. So really grateful to be building alongside all of you. Yeah, I love it. And like we were saying earlier, you know, it's, it, it's all the same team. It's, it's DeFi versus the, the centralized world and, you know, ThorChain, ThorSwap, uh, Shapeshift, all the other projects in our space, as well as all the other chains that, that we integrate, like rather than infighting, let's just, uh, you know, we're all on the same side and it, it all benefits all of us. And uh, yeah, it's just cool to see like everything continuing to, to really, uh, you know, get fleshed out in our space so yeah you know i'm i'm super excited for the years to come except for the bridges screw those guys <laughs> <laughs> nah, yeah we'll we'll see the, <laughs> the the cards will fall you know where they will uh you know the the rap tokens the <laughs> the the cfi it's already happening <laughs> yeah I'm, not, I'm just kidding but yeah we love to see uh you know door chain shapeshift it, it is really the match made in heaven of like you know front end and and back end and we love to see this happening and just see uh you know the the communities and uh just the, the products just be that much better and come closer together so uh we would also love to see uh you know shapeshift just implement all of the the cool things that that thorchain does and like will do in the future you know things that are that are on the roadmap so uh just seeing thorchain just uh, sorry seeing shapeshift just become a more like feature complete ThorChain front end for everything that it does is going to be just a really awesome process. And obviously we love everything you guys have been doing already, everything you guys stand for. We think that, uh, you know, it, it really is just two, two sides of the same coin as, as the, uh, the, the tweet that I put out was. So uh, yeah, thank you so much guys for coming on. We'll make sure this is uploaded to YouTube uh, pretty soon. Actually, we got one more question here from uh, K Coefficient. I'm letting him up right now. This will be the the last one. Hey, K coefficient. Hey guys. What's up? Hey guys. Uh, uh, you were cutting out there when you were going over the airdrop <laughs> eligibility. So, just for clarification, all rune or all all Thorchain LPs were are eligible or or not. So not all. And what's up, K coefficient? Good to see you. Um, what's up? So only for if it's a Cosmos pool, an Ethereum pool, or an AVAX pool, and that includes any of the ERC twenties. And the reason for that, or if you provided okay. symmetrically and one, um, 
then you will also be included. But yeah, if you just provided like UTXO coin, like Bitcoin, single sided, for example, um, yes, you would not correct, you would not correct. be eligible. All the details for that are linked from the the tweet thread that I dropped uh, and from the proposal linked from that tweet thread. Just for yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. I've read through that several times over the last month. <laughs> so, <laughs> Apologies. I'm still like I don't know, like what. It's a, I'm gonna move some. L, I'm gonna move some LP positions. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> you know. So, uh, all right. Thanks a lot. Thank you. And yeah, apologies in advance for anyone who tries to dive into the details. It definitely there's a lot to to digest if you want to understand all the different uh, things you can do to to qualify. We're actually working on a a page that's a little bit cleaner, a, a page in the Shapeshift app to help make that clearer. Because yeah, to your point, it's quite a bit. But the reason for that is that we wanted to really um, make sure that a lot of the awesome community members that we would hope to be members of this community and governors for Arceo were included in that initial airdrop. I'll also mention that um, it's entirely funded by Shapeshift DAO. There's, there's no VCs. So 25% of the Arceo tokens are going um, to the community in the form of an airdrop. And then I think it's 40% or something is going to the community treasury. So majority is going to the community, uh, which we love to see. So hope to see you guys in the Arceo community as well when that goes live ETA Q2 this year. Yeah, definitely. Q2. I'll hold chat to it. Thanks. Cool, guys. Uh, so we do these spaces every single Friday, basically, whenever we can, unless, you know, we're busy. So um, feel free to, to come through, any of the Shapeshift guys, and let's definitely do some more joint spaces together. We'll definitely be coordinating and, you know, focusing our uh, – Focusing our marketing efforts on just getting, getting more users and meeting users where they are, just getting more savers into Shapeshift. And uh, just a reminder, like uh, now that now the savers vaults are open, now's the time to deposit your your Ether liquidity, your BNB, AVEX, Atom, Dogecoin, Bitcoin Cash, and Litecoin. It's all there. So uh, tell your friends, tell tell everyone that likes to interact on chain uh, that these things are open. And uh, thanks so much, guys. We'll see you soon. Yeah, thanks, thanks so much. Guys. See you guys. Have a good one.